Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on the network all over. All over. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels or at Wisco Grant. Uh, at Bill Michaels, uh, Bill underscore Mike Michaels or at Wisco Grant. By the way, yes, the Green and Gold postgame show is going to air immediately following the Packers and the Bears this coming Sunday. We are going to be live. We're going to be at the Shy Bar in the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk Hotel down in Chicago. Come on by and say hi. If you still need a room and you're looking for a, a place to stay, if you're going to the game or maybe you just want to go to Chicago to gloat a little bit, uh, we'll see you there. They do have rooms available. And we're going to be uh, tweeting and such during the game. So follow me over there at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Wisco Grant as well. Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show. The Bill Michaels Show. You can follow on Instagram, uh, Facebook.com as well, The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, but you can always watch the show, subscribe to the show, like the show over on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show and find us there. Twitch TV, Kick TV, the Twitch app and the Kick app. Uh, the website simply thebillmichaels.com, and then there's the uh, the app itself, which is uh, WOZN, the Zone, the Zone, Z-O-N-E Madison, the Zone Madison. You can listen to us after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Podcasts, wherever your popular popular podcasts are downloaded. Okay, the brain trust behind the Packers defense, safeties, corners, a little bit thin in the secondary. We all understand that, right? So now what we want to do is we want to listen to Joe Barry, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, and we want to hear his thoughts as they get ready to effort towards this upcoming season down in Chicago. Here's what Joe Barry had to say with the media yesterday. The kid's worked his tail off to get to where he's at. Um, so, you know, he'll, he'll be on a pitch count. Um, what that pitch count exactly is, you know, like I said, tune in Sunday. But... Um, He's really, really, I'm trying to remember. I, I guess it's when we went to Cincinnati. Was, was that when we took him off Pup that week when we went to Cincinnati? I think that was it. And just looking at him and being like, ah, you know. But now, I mean, the last two weeks, uh, he's, he's looked really good. So um, it's exciting. Joe, what do, what do you think the domino effect is for the defense? Obviously, you know what he does, but I mean, from an emotional standpoint, an intensity standpoint, do you see him kind of rub off on you know the guys around him? When oh yeah, and, you know I, I told you guys before that uh, you know when we lost him last year, uh, we didn't just lose the 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 player, the the dominant you know game changing player. We lost his work ethic. We lost his just his mindset that he brings every single day. Um, and it's really in every aspect. I mean, if you, you know, I'm fortunate enough in my position when coaches have individual meetings, I, I bounce around all the meetings every day and just, just the way, just his approach, uh, that he, you know, takes a, a 30 minute meeting with coach Rebs is exactly the same way that he takes his approach when he plays on the field. So, uh, when you miss that, when you, when you lose that, you not only lose the player, but you lose the leader. Uh, you lose that emotional leader, that 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 grit leader um, that he brings to us every single day. So um, it's great. It's great to have him back. What's uh, what does DJ Moore do for their offense, and what does that do for your preparation for a team that you've faced a bunch, but now they added a real X factor kind of guy? Sure. You know, I think they. Uh, I think anytime that you add 
um, you know, a playmaker to any offense. It obviously enhances them. And then it's always a challenge, especially in the, in the first game. You know, you, can, you know what he was in Carolina. Um, you know him by reputation, but how exactly are they going to use him um, it's always, you know, there, there's always uncharted and unscripted looks that you have to defend uh, in the preseason. So, but really, really good player. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a guy that we're going to have to have our antennas on all the time, our antennas up all the time, knowing where he's at. Because he's a guy that can change the game. This is obviously a big test for your run defense with Justin Fields. Just what gives you confidence that your run defense as a whole can be better than it was last season? Sure. Well, it, it's got to be. You know, we, we uh, it was it was a huge point of emphasis, um, obviously all off season, all through the OTAs and training camp, um, and what a challenge this first game and you know defending the best rushing offense in the National Football League last year. And then it's a whole other dynamic when you talk about what Justin brings to him. Because um, not only are they a good running team when they simply turn and hand the ball off, he brings a whole other element. So um, it's going to be a great challenge for us, no doubt. Joe, Joe, how hard is it to, I mean, we all say, okay, put a spy on Justin Fields, a guy who follows him wherever he goes. Um, how hard is that to do with the schemes you're trying to run defensively? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think it's just, all 11 people on the field have to be aware of it. You know, you can't just have it be on the, the four-man rush, oh, and we got a spy. Um, when you're playing against a quarterback like Justin, um, especially whether it's a designed run or it's just simply, you know, it's a, it's a pass that goes off schedule and he takes off, it's, it's all 11 people. Um, not only the people that are responsible for rushing the passer, uh, not only the linebackers, for example, on the second level, but even the people that are in coverage because what he can do before he crosses the line that, you know, he can attempt to pass down the field. So um, I'm a firm believer when you, when you play a quarterback like Justin Fields, it's, it's all 11 guys. It's not just on, you know, a handful of people. It's, it's all 11 you have to be aware of them. Sure. You know, I, I think the, the only thing I'd answer with that is that it, it has been four games, two years, but it's been with two different coordinators. It's been in two different systems, you know. Um, but I, I, I do believe that um, he's not going to catch anybody by surprise now. I mean, we, we know what he is. Um, but even with that being said, you know, the guy still had 1,200 yards rushing last year. So um, he, is a, he is a massive threat no matter what he does, whether he's dropping back to throw the ball or it's a designed quarterback run. But um, you got a little bit of an idea of, of, you know, what type of quarterback he is obviously going into his third year. For the edge rushers, how do they strike that balance of getting after the quarterback but making sure they're not allowing him to get outside? Either? Sure. It's, it's something we preach all the time because you never want to – you never want to use – you never want to rush with those guys. You never want to rush cautious or scared. Um, you you want to be you, you want to go and let them pin their ears back, but you definitely have to be coordinated. You definitely have to be smart, right? You have to rush smart. Um, 
but we, we still want to allow those guys to go do what they do and, and you know, get after the, the passer. But you definitely have to be very conscious of who the quarterback is, especially a quarterback like Justin Fields. Sure. Well, it you know, um, it's weird with the with the specific with the RPO, um, you know, especially when you're talking probably maybe the last five or six years. Everything goes in trends, and I think we've we've talked in here about that before. That um, it may it may take a year or two for the defense to catch up, and then they find a way. But then the offense comes up with something else. So um, the RPO is no doubt about it. That obviously was a college trend that kind of made its way into the NFL. Um, and there's all different types, you know, there's, there's the true RPO, but then there's also, you know, pass solutions that they have off of a run play. So those are just all things that kind of are normal NFL football that we have to defend. Um, but I definitely think what, what makes, it, makes it such a challenge is when you have a quarterback. Every, everyone runs forms of RPOs, but when you have a quarterback that is, you know, as good as an NFL running back doing it, then it brings another element. And that's obviously something they have with their quarterback being Justin Fields. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's the I think that's 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 football in general. You know, it is such a speed game now. It's such a tempo game now. Um, I think to play really on either side of the ball, but definitely to play defense. You know, the first attribute that you always look for when you're when you're looking at players is you got to be able to run because it is a speed game. And obviously, the faster offenses are, the faster defenses have to be. But um, I definitely think that's 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 just today's NFL. Joe, I'm not sure Keyshawn had played as much defense ever in his life as he has these past couple weeks in practice. What have you seen from him in that nickel spot going into this season? Well, you know, the, the thing I do love, you know, talking about traits and attributes of players, you know, um, the one thing, as you guys know, with Keyshawn is that he's he's very confident and he's confident in his in his abilities and and you know, what he can do. Um, but I definitely think that it has helped him. You know, we, we made the decision early on in the offseason that he was going to be our nickel. So it's not one of those things that we kind of fell into it or he was the second team guy that won the job. Um, really, from our first OTA day back in May, Keyshawn's been our starting nickel, and he's gotten, um, he's gotten the exclusive work the last six months with our starting group. So it's been huge. Should I just say, show up Sunday? Should I should I answer it that way? Just, just make sure that you're with me on this. <laughs> uh, so, I've got we've got Jair Alexander telling us, hey, I'm going to travel with number one receivers more. Uh, we've got Rasul saying, hey, we're going to be more aggressive. We're going to be up on the line of scrimmage. We're going to play more, you know, press man. Kenny Clark is talking to us about being more aggressive up front. They're not. He's not being specific because he doesn't want to give us too much information because he's a savvy veteran. Is your defense going to look a lot different than what we're accustomed? I, I'm not asking for what you're going to do on Sunday, but overall this season, have you made some? Do you want me to give you the whole game plan right now? Or no, just... I just want part of it. No, I'm <laughs> serious. Like, have you had a change in philosophy? 
because your guys are talking like you have, and it sounds to me like maybe your willingness to listen to them yeah. has led to some tweaks, and we're not just going to run that style that I came in with. Sure. Do some different things. I just want to understand what kind of your pro your philosophy or your process is. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not going to give you any any uh, game plan secrets here, but I will answer it in in this way, kind of similar to what I was saying earlier. You know, I, I think. Football is always evolving, and definitely offensive football is. And I think you have to, every single year, I don't know if you go as extreme of saying that you change your philosophy, right? Um, I think most people have a philosophy, and they're usually you know, pretty strict to that. But um, I will say you definitely have to evolve or, you know, I think change is probably too extreme. But... You definitely have to evolve, and you definitely have to look at what you're doing, and sometimes maybe what you said, maybe a better word than change is tweak what you're doing. Um, I, th I think you have to do that every single year, or you know, uh, offenses are just too good now, and they and they and they change and they evolve and they they sign players and they you know do different schemes. Uh, I think defensively, you definitely have to keep up with that. Um, I'm a firm believer. I, I, I think my philosophy is what it is, but I definitely think there's going to be tweaks and there's going to be subtleties that you change and do things different every single year. Does, does it help you to be more um, malleable or whatever it might be? Because, you know, I don't know what that word means. Flexible. flexible. Oh, there you go. Malleable? Is that what that means? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I love it. Um, it's great. So you're in Tampa, right? Yeah. Rod and Monty Kiffin, and you guys run the Tampa 2, and it's great for a while, and then teams start to catch up to it, right? Sure. Then you have the Vic Fangio defense, which you learned, and, yeah. and that was kind of what was going to be your calling card when you got here. So when you've coached in different systems and done things differently, does that allow you to be more sure. flexible Malleable. now yeah. when you're in this position? Uh, yeah, I, I think that is – I think the – the great thing about, I know, with my career is that I've been able, you've mentioned a few of the guys, I've, I've been fortunate to be around Monty Kiffin, and I worked with Rod Marinelli and Mike Tomlin, and you know, then I, I went on and I worked with Wade Phillips for, for three years. And um, you know, I, I think you're able to, you know, but then also on the, I, I was with Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and guys like that. So I learned, you know, you, you, you pick up knowledge as you're always going. And I think even though you have a system, you have a philosophy, you have a belief, um, but I think everyone always puts their own stamp on whatever they do. You know, it's like what's, what's transpired with the West Coast offense all these years. You know, it started with Coach Walsh and Coach Holmgren, and John Gruden, and Mike Shanahan, but everyone over the years has put their own stamp on it, even though they're a West Coast guy. So, But I still believe, back to what I originally said, you have to evolve. You, ha you have to, because it, it's ever-changing. It, it never stays the same. And I think uh, if you stay the same, you get passed by. So I think every single, the, two, the, the 2023 Green Bay Packers is going to be completely different than the 2022 Green Bay Packers. There's no doubt. Can I ask you about Devontae Wyatt? Sure. I thought I saw some reps from him this summer I had not seen before where he was wondering. And it looked to me like he was 
controlling his hands. Yeah. And when I talked to him about it, he said, yeah, there's some things that Jerry has worked with me. Yeah. And I said, so where was that before? He says, I, I needed the confidence it was going to work. Sure. Like, you know, the coach gives you the toolbox, but he's still, is that an accurate depiction? And you probably see that every year. Yeah. You know, I mean, we in here we have great conversations all the time, and I, I tell you guys, every single rookie is different. You know, some guys come in and they, they make that that transition from the college game to the NFL game. Sometimes it's seamless and it's easy. Other guys, it takes a little bit. And you know, you know, I would I would think if Dy was standing right next to me, he'd say he didn't have the rookie year that he expected or any of us expected. And the thing that I appreciate is that he never, he never, he kept working, he kept grinding, um, he he just was a was a sponge with with Jerry Montgomery, was a sponge with Kenny Clark and those guys. And d does he still have a ton of improvement? And I, I still think he'll he'll get even better. There's no doubt about it. But the thing that I always appreciate when when a rookie especially a, a high drafted, you know, rookie that had high expectations when he has a tough year. I always look at that year two and, and the improvement that he's made from year one to year two. And it's, it's been neat to see where, you know, because he has gotten better. Does he still need to get better? Is there still things that he needs to improve on? No doubt about it. But he's, he's made a nice jump from year one to year two with it being the offseason still, with it being the preseason. Now, let's go do it when it counts. See you guys. Always good there seeing you. There you go. They're always great. <laughs> uh, that is Joe Barry, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, and some interesting stuff there. I don't know uh, what you took away from that, but I uh, there, there was a handful of things that I kind of noted, all of which seem to be headed towards the same direction. Do you know what they are? We'll talk about it when we come back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details, offers end at 9-30-2023. And our friends at the Social House, Dan Dell and the staff, they want to let you know 
Yeah, the weather's turning a little bit, so you know what they brought back? They brought back the chili. Chili is back at the Social House, H-A-U-S, in Menominee Falls, Lisbon Road. Good stuff. And uh, they, uh, by the way, they have uh, a whole bunch of stuff coming up for uh, the Packers game. They got a bags tournament coming up this weekend. Uh, they've got a cribbage tournament coming up in October. They got all kinds of different things happening. Uh, they got a chili contest in December and all kinds of different things that they do. So they've got uh, the bags tournament coming up this weekend beginning at noon, and then at 325, you got the Packers and the Bears on the TVs out there. So if you uh, are a Bags player, that's Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. The, the, the thing that I took away from the Joe Barry discussion was uh, two things, and, and I thought Mike Clements brought this up and was um, succinct in talking about it, and, and some of the things that the coaches had done with the players – uh, some of the, as he said, he, the coaches have put things in their toolboxes, but they didn't have confidence in it at the time. But the next statement was about the aggressiveness. It was a question about Jair. It was a question from Darnell Savage. It was a question from Kenny Clark. It was all these different things regarding being aggressive. Now, I, I hope we see it. You can talk about it all you want. Until it actually happens, it doesn't mean anything. I hope we see it because last year we saw this team on numerous occasions die death by a thousand cuts. I understand you want to keep things in front of you. You never want to get burned. You don't, you don't want to go over the top, all that kind of stuff. But if Joe Barry decides that this team has that capability to play aggressive, it will be impressive. I, I just, I, I kind of believe that. I think they have now, whether or not uh, they stay healthy long enough to be able to do this, we'll wait and see, because you know injuries are a part of the game. But if they can play aggressive, I think they have enough talent as starters to play aggressive. Russell Douglas has talked about that as well. Another guy where last year we saw a lot of soft zone coverage. This year, they want to play aggressive. They want to get after it more. They're going to do a little more zone or a little less zone, a little more man, all of that. So I'm really anxious to see if what has been talked about actually translates to action on the field. If anything, I walked away from that specific press conference a little more uh, excited than what we've from than what we've heard in the past from Joe Barry. You know, I, I just did. I just didn't because Joe Barry doesn't talk about being aggressive. He doesn't talk about um, I don't know how to put it. He doesn't talk about getting after it and such. He just talks about keeping things in front of you, you know, knowing your assignment on and on and on. This was a different sounding, even though it's very monotone. And I know you got to cut through all of that. You got to you know, it's it's sometimes you got to you got to slice away all the all the fat and all the, the boringness. And, and then you get to the meat and the meat was. Out of that conversation, you heard the term aggressive. I, th- I started counting. It was like eight times. You know? Eight times. And then I just quit counting because I'm thinking, okay, there, there's a theme here. So I was excited. I, you know, I know it, it, 
doesn't mean much because they haven't taken a snap in the regular season yet. But, Grant, I, I got to ask you, when you hear Joe Barry start to talk about being more aggressive, doesn't that kind of make your ears perk up? Because that, that wasn't in his vocabulary for a long time. Yeah, when I listen to Joe Barry speak, I just think about how that man could sell water to a well. Like, he just, he talks and talks and talks. And, I, hey, I get it. I work in radio. Like, I BS for a living. So I, 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 I see it and I tip my cap. Joe Barry's a, a very good talker. Um, I like hearing about aggressiveness. Uh, and, and they were having a back-and-forth exchange the beat reporters and Joe Barry about malleability, right? Being able to move guys around and, and have different right. looks. That's all great. Like I've never doubted Joe Barry's ability to say the right things and to have the right ideas. It's putting them into action on the field. That's proven to be a little bit of an issue, especially early on in the season. Right. I, you know what, Bill, I'll give Joe Barry credit. His defense has played their best ball at the right time. The last two years, they've turned it on in the second half of the year and look yep. like their best version. I would just enjoy if they did that a little earlier. Like, let's not take eight weeks to make adjustments, you know? Yeah, remember, it wasn't the, the, the defense that cost him against San Francisco a couple of years ago. Defense played really well. It was the offense and it was the special teams. And last year at the end of the season, the defense, defense played really well. It was the offense and their inability to move the football and going into a shell and facing adversity. And, and then, obviously, uh, they had not as many, but they had a couple of special teams issues. But for the most part, it was the offense. Last year, it was the defense that actually played pretty well down the stretch. So, good stuff. When we come back, Tyler Dunn uh, of GoLongTD.com. They're dropping a podcast. You're going to want to hear it. We're going to talk to Tyler Dunn when we come back. Stay tuned. Stick around. we got a whole lot more to get to. This portion of the program uh, brought to you by our buddy Craig Every and the gang at Every Plumbing and Heating in La Crosse and Trampolo, Jackson Counties, Vernon, to, say, uh, to, to, to give you a few. Uh, but, Founded back in 1969 by the Korean War veteran Clayton Every. They are big supporters of the motorcycle ride, but more so they are doing stuff now in plumbing and heating and air conditioning during those hot days. But if you're thinking about maybe uh, a reconstruct, uh, an addition, uh, some new home building, if you want to run some uh, you know, heat through the floor, they can do that. If you want to put heat in your garage, they can do that. There's so many things, and they're hiring. So call them, 608-783-2803. That is Craig Every and the gang at Every Plumbing and Heating out there in La Crosse. Uh, they're based right there in Onalaska, but uh, they serve that whole area out there. So get a hold of them, man, and, and now's the time to do it because you don't want to wait until it gets really cold. And all of a sudden at night you're going, you know, I should probably get the, ser the, the, the furnace serviced or the boiler serviced. And maybe we want to do that. Nah, do it now. Call them now, 608-783-2803. You're going to want to hear what Tyler Dunn has coming up next in the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. event venue this weekend they're going to open it up uh, right there on the milwaukee river uh, walk they're going to open it up for the uh, packers game packers bears they're going to open up have a little music outside a little potluck going on over there so uh, not a bad way to go if you want to go watch the boats go by and hopefully the packers knock off the bears uh, that's northern lights event venue.com and if you're looking for a great place to host a holiday party a meeting or an event 
dinners, weddings, photo shoots, you name it, go to northernlightseventvenue.com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. Again, northernlightseventvenue.com. Bring him in now and uh, our guy from golongtd.com, Tyler Dunn, joining us on the hotline. Tyler, how you doing, pal? I'm doing fantastic, brother. How you been, Bill? Good to hear your voice, man. We're good. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a new era, and uh, there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty. There's a lot of hype. Uh, I don't know which direction to take it. I'm still sitting steadfast between seven to eight wins for the Packers, but nevertheless, a big game between them and the Bears is coming Sunday. What are you guys working on? I tell you, there's a lot going on here, I guess, at, uh, at Go Long, if that's what you're asking. We'll be covering the Packers a ton uh, all season long. Like you said, exciting times, right? I mean, this is a transformative season for the franchise. And in that vein, uh, we'll be bringing back Bob McGinn. I'm sure a lot of listeners, readers, viewers, everybody out there has followed Bob since 1979 he started covering the team. So uh, we're bringing back our weekly podcast talking about the Packers and the NFL at large. And obviously we'll have feature stories, columns on the Packers at go long. And then just introduce today, uh, the three-time MVP pro pro football hall of famer, a man who elicits a little bit of emotions across the spectrum, right? Brett Favre. I'm going to be bringing him on throughout the season to kind of look back at, uh, at some old war stories from his days, talk about the Packers of today, but do a lot of like big issue, big picture issue topics, right? Like concussions, um, painkillers, the direction of the game. I, w- I really want to dig into some meaty subjects because, look, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Brett Favre. There's mm-hmm. good, there's bad, there's ugly, right? I mean, let's, let's, hey, right. everybody is flawed, and uh, we can get into whatever you want, but I think he's in a place where he's he's as open as he'd ever be on all of the above. So we had our first episode, and it was incredible. So when you talk to Brad, obviously there's, like you said, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, the good is the career, the tenacity with which he played. The bad is not only some of the things that he went through as a player, but obviously since he has retired and some of the things that have gone on down in Mississippi. Uh, the ugly is some of the things that have been stated about him, some of the lawsuits that uh, have been brought and, uh, you know, obviously since dropped and been decided. Uh, but then there's the game itself and the concussions and the painkillers and all that kind of thing. What when when you sit down and talk with him, what intrigues you most? Yeah, I think it's the transparency. It's it's how open he is. It's rare uh, out of anybody in the NFL, but especially quarterbacks and especially uh, in, individuals and characters who have really defined the game. I mean, he, he has defined the sport itself. Um, my opinion, the greatest Green Bay Packer of all time. Who, who knows where where the franchise is without him? Um, so it goes without saying what he's done on the field and all of that. But, but yeah, I, I think it is the fact that he is open. And, and just in, in terms of the Mississippi case, um, there is a gag order. So there's only so much he can say. But if people want to check out the episode, I do ask him about it pretty early on. And he, he does that. He actually answered it with a little more detail than I was expecting. So when the time is right, I'm sure Brett is going to have a, a lot more to say on that subject because – I mean, let's face it. I mean, his, his reputation in the minds of a lot of people is kind of focused and centered around that. And he doesn't hide from it. He doesn't run from it. And we won't on this show. I think as, as he's able to, we, we can touch on those subjects. But to me, I mean, if you're going to talk to a former player, Hall of Famer, anybody for, for a show, I mean, it's, it's not all going to be 
flowery. I mean, he's he's transparent through that lens of let's get into anything that anybody wants to discuss, which is why our VIP subscribers, um, if you go with that option, you can hang out with us. You, you can come on the show and ask Brett anything you want. Uh, I want to ask you when you, when you start to talk to Brett more on the football side of things. Analytically, mm-hmm. I remember a story Brian Noble told me that he used to beg Brett to get into the film room, and Brett never would because Brett just did it on natural talent. It wasn't until the end of his career that he actually started studying. Analytically, how good is Brett when it comes to the game of football? <laughs> you know, it's funny because we were we were talking about Jordan Love and how he how ready Brett thinks he is, and he's like, man, he's got to be far far light years more ready that, that, than I ever was because of quarterbacks. I mean, they're, they're kind of created mm-hmm. in these labs as kids, right? I mean, right. every year, every step of the way, they, they're they ready for this all. But um, I, I think, like, yeah, we, we get into quarterback play and, and the X's and O's a little bit. But what I found so fascinating was kind of connecting the past to the present. Um, we went through the, the entire summer of 2008 from the crushing loss to the Giants to retiring when he didn't really want to retire, to coming back for that press conference. As I told Brett, it's not like you were held against your will. Like, what, what, what sent you there to getting on the plane back when he started having doubts immediately? Like, what the hell did I just do to, to James Camp and visited him? He, he shared so many stories, play-by-play, play, blow-for-blow through that transition that I had never heard in my time you know, covering the Packers and being around the situation. Um, even in the 90s, I don't know if you know this, Bill, I mean, he, him and Ted, they were drinking buddies. I mean, they'd go to the 50-yard line across the street, throw back beers. They were tight. <laughs> and then here's Ted uh, a decade later saying, thanks, but no thanks, Brett. We're going with Aaron. Yeah, I was going to say, they were until they weren't. And I, I remember that. I remember when the weren't happened. But uh, I agree. It was uh, they, they, were, they were buds for a long period of time, man. It, it, exactly. And, and he's so grateful uh, to really – have the opportunity to make amends with Ted. I mean, it, it was it was bad, obviously, and, and he's really open and how he felt when he goes to the facility and the code to get into the building doesn't work. <laughs> and then he's right. told, you can come up, but you can't talk to anybody. Um, and it was rooted in the bad blood with Ted. But then when he's with the Vikings and he beats Green Bay twice, who, who texted Brett Favre right away? Ted congratulated mm-hmm. him. And that kind of thawed things. And that point forward, they really were able to, um, you know, rebuild a relationship. And he's obviously so thankful that they were able to get to a good place because, unfortunately, uh, we, we've lost Ted. Um, God rest his soul. But, uh, yeah, that, that evolution of their relationship I found to be so fascinating. So, okay, I, I want to ask you when it comes to Brett Favre real quick, and then we can move on to a little bit of football. But when it comes to Brett Favre and, and being able to do this podcast – is there a this is this like a book where you go chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and you continue to move forward, or is this just kind of like let's sit down, we'll pick a topic today, and we'll BS about it, or is this just like Brett used to do with his press conferences that you're so aware of, Tyler, where you'd ask him a question, and then the next five questions were asked by himself because that's the direction he wanted the conversation to go. <laughs> you just nailed it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go into these conversations with Brett Favre with, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a theme, an issue, a, a, a main topic to kind of stay on, but I don't want to go into this thing with a clipboard full of questions and turn it into some sort of interview. I mean, that's not how I really conduct myself and, and 
in any interview. I want to have conversations right. with players and former players. I want it to be organic and natural and see where it goes with a subtle tendency to try to get Brett back on track, right? Let, let, let's jump in there and kind of uh, get back on the rails uh, when we have to, uh, but at the same time soak in all of these stories that, that Brett, Brett has to share. Uh, now I want to get into football. Last night, obviously a big win for Detroit, uh, an opening loss and a little bit uh, of a disappointment for the Kansas City Chiefs. But th- this Lions team, was this uh, – because it wasn't a great game played by the Chiefs. We all know that. But was this a Lions team that can now kind of kick in the door a little bit and, and put the rest of the world on notice that, hey, we believe we're pretty good? They won one. I, I think they've won nine of their last 11 or, you know, 10 of their last 11 or something like that. Some kind of crazy number when you talk about the win last night again. They've been playing winning football under Dan Campbell. This is really three years in the makings. I mean, they've spent a solid three off seasons, free agency, the draft, um, veteran free agency in the middle of the season, waiver pickups. I mean, they, they look for such a specific type of DNA in their players. It was uh, really interesting to spend a week out there and, and talk to all these players and coaches and see how they've kind of built this roster because, right, they were so hyped up, but the hype wasn't rooted in trading for Aaron Rodgers or trading for Tyreek Hill or some free agent acquisition. It's, it's, the hype is real and substantive because 1 through 53, they built a team in the image of Dan Campbell, and I think you saw that. I get it. No Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. It's a different game if they're out there. But we just have to study what was. And you saw a mentally tough team that faced adversity, overcame it. And that's exactly what they did last year. You know, at one point, Dan Campbell was 4-19-1. I mean, I don't care how great your press conferences are and how uh, thick the brick wall is that players want to run through it through your speeches, you're going to get fired at that rate. And, and mm-hmm. since then, they've completely turned it on. I, I think it really is emblematic of the type of player that they add and you know if you get to the nitty-gritty they'll probably need a Jamison Williams to to turn the lights on and 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 have a downfield threat there's they're not a perfect team but it's not a perfect conference so I really wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season they are the best team in the NFC just because they're wired the right way uh, in New York, obviously, there's a ton of hype for Rodgers. Who needs that game more? Is it going to be uh, Josh Allen trying to come out and make a statement, or is it Rodgers and all the hype that they have now around that New York Jets team that, uh, man, they've got a gauntlet to run early on, and if they come out and lay the first egg, boy, I tell you what, all of a sudden people are going to start scratching their heads a little bit saying, well, we'll wait till next week. But if they lay another egg the following week after that, I think uh, Jets fans are going to quickly start wondering, what the hell do we just do? <laughs> I know. I, I... I don't know, my gut feeling, Bill, is that the Jets win the game just on adrenaline and being in prime time and Aaron Rodgers' first start, all of that, and then the air comes out of the hot air balloon at some point and they just crash in fantastical fashion. We're all going to overhype the outcome one way or another, but I do think that more pressure is on the Jets just because of the market. It's wild to just see how that fan base has completely bought in and mm-hmm. right. I don't have to tell your listeners, they saw Aaron last year, right? It wasn't the same Aaron. He wasn't seeing the field. He wasn't able to move like he used to be able to move. He's, you know, going on national radio and, and ripping teammates for not being in the right spot. Like, it's, we've seen this play out before. I don't – Garrett Wilson is a talent. It's not a Devontae Adams who you've worked with for a decade and you can just audible to any play at any moment. So, 
in this AFC and, and in that division, especially if Tua stays healthy, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished third or even fourth. Uh, before I let you go, big one coming up, obviously, between the Packers and the Bears and a lot of talk about Justin Fields. And, I mean, even in Chicago, they talking about him taking the next step. Could he win an MVP? In the meantime, Jordan Love's just trying to get his feet wet. But, you know, Rodgers and Favre both own the, the, the Bears. I mean, there was no doubt about it. They, they won a lot of ball games. How much pressure is on Jordan Love to kind of come in and, I don't want to say fill in those shoes, but at least pick up where they left off? But on the other hand, Bears fans feel like this is now their time to shine. If the Bears lose this game, then I'm sure the Bears fans are going to be going, what the hell do we have to do to finally beat the Green Bay Packers? I'm, I'm kind of there, I, you know, the latter. I think there's, there's going to be more pressure on the Bears to win this game because you know, Justin Fields has played. We've seen Justin Fields. They, they built the offense around him. They got him at D.J. Moore. Um, they, they signed Tremaine Edmonds to, a, in my opinion, insane contract. He's good. I don't know if he's that good. But they have gone all in. And yet, I think the tea leaves suggest this, this team's still going to finish last in the NFC North. I, I just don't see it. Um, Justin Fields was fun as hell for three, four weeks. But does he have a game that is sustainable over a full season? Um, they're mm-hmm. going to go one way or another on him after this year. Whereas Jordan Love, I mean, yes, there's pressure on him. You're stepping in the shadow of a, of a Hall of Famer who replaced a Hall of Famer, all of that. But we, we barely see him. And... You know, with all that dead money, Brian Gutekinds couldn't go out and, and spend on a veteran receiver. So all these receivers are 22, 23. I get the sense that, that, that fans, you know, I don't think it's Super Bowl or bust, playoffs or bust. They just want to see some promise and some hope and Jordan Love for the future. So to me, that's, that's not pressure. That's just going out and playing. And uh, I, I think he's going to be spectacular and through that lens. I think that Jordan Love has been built for this moment. And he's gonna he's gonna do really well. And hey, I, I think they'll make the playoffs. But even if they don't, I think that this offense is gonna show enough into twenty twenty four that they they can take that next step and really contend. Tyler, always great to talk to you. They can find your stuff at golongtd.com, right? You got it, man. Yep, golongtd.com and uh, the 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 Brett Favre show. They were just calling it Favre, all caps. Uh, it's available to all our paid subscribers. And if you want to go VIP, you can hang out right in there with us. There you go. Good stuff as always, Bob. We'll talk to you throughout the season, okay? Hey, anytime, man. Thanks so much for having me, Bill. Absolutely appreciate it. Tyler Dunn, Ty Dunn over there on uh, on Twitter, if you want to find his stuff there. That's uh, at Ty Dunn. And uh, always good to talk with him. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9 30, 2023.
Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show continuing on. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. The final hour of the program, we are going to really get dive deep, get into it. Mike Clemens is going to join us. We'll talk with him about what uh, what's going on up in Green Bay coming up after the top of the hour. Going to hear from Matt LaFleur and uh, some of his thoughts coming out of yesterday. I uh, want to get into that as well. And uh, also, we have not really talked too much about the Badgers, but the Badgers trying to take on, uh, will be taking on Washington State this weekend. I want to talk about uh, the importance of that contest as well. So that's all coming up, so stay tuned for that. Brewers back at it uh, again this evening, and the Brewers get a little bit of a, a break last night as the Cubs took a loss, which was nice. Cubs lose last night to the Diamondbacks, and uh, that means uh, the Brewers gained a half game. They are two games up on the Cubs in the standings. So uh, good news there as the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and the Cubs back at it again today. It is a 120, 120 per first pitch down there at Wrigley. In the meantime, the Brewers, they're in the Bronx taking on the Yankees. Ray against Severino coming up tonight. 6.05 start time there. So we got uh, some Brewers action, Packers action, Badgers action. It is a plethora of stuff. And I love it. Love this time of year. Awesome stuff. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Come back. Uh, Matt LaFleur coming up next. Stay tuned. We got more right after this.